0: You cannot disciple Christians on Sunday morning. Can't do it. You want to be a disciple, go to school. And we opened up school and what I did was I took out all the stuff that does it, that you don't need. All the stuff that doesn't work and you don't need to know it anyway. So we just got to the basics. Who you are in Christ, faith, redemption, uh, the authority of the believer. And you need to get rooted in righteousness. Being, knowing who you are is one thing. Getting rooted in it is a complete different thing. So in school, you're studying and reading. So if any of y'all want to be in school, sign up after the night. Amen? Jesus' name. Amen. You. Lisa, you got this? Come on up here and um, just to Mark. You ready for Mark? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Matter of fact, this is actually his book we're using in school. So who better to teach it? Mrs. Mark. Mrs. Mark.
1: Yeah.
0: This is incredible.
1: Praise the Lord. Well, Mark said, punch, punch. I love Bible school. Say, I love Bible school. Love Bible school. Wow. Cause you came on purpose, right? Yeah, yeah. Amen. Did you come to be entertained tonight? No. You came to learn something? Yeah. Came to get a hold of something. Amen. Yeah. Um, we're so glad to have, uh, Billy and Vicki, uh, Burns back here. Wave your hands. And when I see you, it reminds me of, um, the long ago times that the Mark and the burns grew up in West Columbia, Texas. did you know that? Mm-hmm. All of them in the same church Mark's dad's church and um, now there's something special about them because they uh, when I came to West Columbia when I, I met anyone from West Columbia, they were on fire for God. <laughs> And they, uh, Mark was burning with, um, revelation, faith, who we are in Christ. And I thought, my goodness, what's going on? You know, and, um, it came out of a church, it came out of a church and a church is led by a good pastor because Jesus rose from the dead and gave gifts to men. And one of the wonderful gifts is the gift of a pastor. Who is your pastor? Your teacher, your leader. Your, he prays, they pray for you, uh, they teach you. I think teaching is one of the most wonderful parts of being a pastor because people need teaching. Jesus said, people are like sheep. They need some teaching. That means they're dumb. They need some help. And uh, so when I looked back there and then saw you, Pastor, uh, well, Billy, Vicki Burns, you're all kinds of things to me. But anyway, I saw, I was reminded of the church that you guys came out of, West Columbia, that was pastored by Mark's dad, B.B. Hankins, pastor with the heart of God. And Pastor who taught the word line on line, taught faith, but he also made way for the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. He made an atmosphere where there was love and forgiveness and growth. Praise God. And so you are gifted tonight to have this Bible school and gifted from the Lord Jesus Christ with your pastors. Amen. And uh, you should really give thanks to God for them often and pray for them because they're your leaders and um, feeders. Praise God. And I'm so glad. How long have you all had this Bible school? Four years. Somebody knows that there. <laughs> have you been in every four years? <laughs> How many four years, people, do we have? Yes, it must be good coming back every year, and uh, and you just keep growing, growing, growing. And in that growth, have you seen uh, productivity in your life? Have you gotten to be happier and steadier? You know, and going up, up, up. Yes. How about your family? It's making a difference. Praise God. How about your finances? Yes. Praise God. And so that all goes back to God's gift. From Jesus Christ, He gave pastors. And your pastor here said, I believe we need a Bible school. And we're going to start it up every Tuesday night and do the work to get it going. So I want you to be a very appreciative to them for allowing and creating this atmosphere to grow. Hallelujah. So tonight, I'm excited to be in Bible school. I'm uh, just young been in church all my life <laughs> 67 years you know so uh but i never get tired of hearing the word i never get tired of hearing the same scripture again and again and again right amen faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god amen so he psalm 107 verse 20 he sent his word and it healed them and delivered you from your destruction Praise God. So the word of God is effective, comes right out of God's mouth. Hallelujah. You don't live by bread alone, although we love your bread, Lisa. So good. But, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, that means it's continually coming out of God's mouth. And so if it's coming out of God's mouth all the time, we want to listen all the time. Amen. And we don't want to just let it fall off or you know, go through our ear one ear and out the other but we want to eat it we want to look at it say it digest it and incorporate it into our lifestyle hallelujah because that word makes us free jesus said when you are a disciple praise god you'll know the truth and the truth will what Make you free. Praise God. So tonight you're going to hear from Mark, and I'm just so thankful. The first time I ever heard him preach was in my dad and mom's church in Burlington, Colorado. He came home with me from college. He had this afro hairdo. So cool. Platform shoes, bell bottoms with patches on them and stuff. I remember him walking up to the platform. It was so cool. It was. But he got up and he preached. I still remember what he preached. And he was talking about uh, staying in the word of God, abiding in the word of God day, day after day after day. And not only hearing it, but doing it. And the illustration he gave was this lady who got this cream to put under her eyes. Remember that? I still remember. And he was saying, you know, if she got this wonderful magical cream, you know, we all see those advertisements. You know, you put this on, you'll never have a wrinkle again. And so, (laughs) but, you know, she had to put it under eyes and use the directions and not just smear it like this, but pat it. And I still remember Mark doing that pat under her eyes Every every day, not just once in a while. Every day. And with that repetition of every day, patting up of the eyes, you will stay young. <laughs> That's right. But um, he was teaching the lesson on meditating in the word of God, staying, abiding in the word. Amen. And I still remember that message from the age 18. That's pretty good, huh? Pretty good. Amen. So I believe you're going to hear some words of life. An old song that we sang in church was, Sing them over again to me. Do you know that one, Annie? Wonderful words of life. Let me more of their beauty see. Wonderful words of life. Words of life and beauty. Teach me faith and duty. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Are you ready? Amen. Mark.
2: Excuse me. Good evening, everybody. Uh, this is my wife, Trina, and, uh, she still remembers my first message at her dad's church. So that's pretty impressive, isn't it? Um, uh, uh, and she, uh, I met her, she came to Bible college and, uh, I was a senior. She was a freshman and, uh, she, um, her family, her older sister, Liddell, her younger sister, Patsy, her brother, Steve, Trina had just won the Assemblies of God for the whole nation, had won the Teen Talent Award for the whole nation in singing. And so when she came to our college, I found out you know who she was and determined uh, that I would uh, take her out on a date. <laughs> so immediately I began to use my faith. You're going to use your faith, you have to have confidence. Confidence. So I had great confidence and asked her now on a date. And of course, she said, I'll pray about it. And I said, Well, let's pray right now. And I said, God's not that far away. We can hear from Him right now. So let's pray. So I said, Matter of fact, let's join hands. So I said, well, Give me your hand. So we're going hand. I give me a holy kiss. I got a scripture. Amen. Yeah, wow! We have a chair. This is pretty nice. He
1: he called me down from the third floor at the dorm.
2: Men's dorm, women's dorm, multi dorm.
1: I came down to see Mark, and he had this gazelle vest on. Do you know what a gazelle? I just came
2: back from East Africa. Yeah. yeah.
1: So he had this. It was gazelle pretty cool vest. vest.
2: I got it on a discount by dealing on the black market. Oh. He said I could have been put in prison, but at least I got a gazelle vest out of it.
1: He said, do you want to go to, on a, uh, to a birthday party with me? And I said, no. He said, yeah. I don't
2: take I, no very well.
1: I said, well, the truth is that I had a, a boyfriend I left at home. And, and that was, was, was all in the back of my mind. I thought, he was
2: a long ways yeah. from there. He's a long ways from there. <laughs> It's like that guy, y'all heard about that guy, you know, that, uh, he went off in the military, so he sent a letter to his girlfriend every day and his girlfriend ended up marrying the postman (laughs) postman was there. So, so I was there and he was long ways off. So she ended up marrying the one that was there.
1: So he said, he said yes more times than I said, no. So that meant I went with I him that you night. I think you're a little
2: confused. <laughs> no. Go ahead. Tell your side of the story.
1: So we went, we went to this birthday party. I didn't know the people. I didn't know him. You know. And so you, that was the first time, baby. Was it? Yeah. And he was the life of the party. He was joking, rolling on the floor. Well, just being the, you We know, had a lot happy. of friends
2: there. Happy. We were yeah. having fun.
1: And I thought, wow.
2: We didn't have no drugs. We weren't doing He's no a happy drugs.
1: guy. <laughs> but then afterwards, afterwards, you took me to Jack in the Box and got orange juice.
2: Jack oh, in the Box, You get three tacos for 29 cents.
1: Yes. And then we started talking about the and word of faith. And
2: diarrhea. So. No. <laughs> for, that, for that discount, for that discount price. Three tacos and diarrhea. Did you know, I think I saw Kenneth Estrada's daddy come in. He's sitting back there. You see him back there? Look so at him. Oh, well, you just come in from somewhere because I don't know. Where'd you come from? Africa. Buona Saffiwe. Mungu So my first trip was to East Africa. Were you in East Africa? West. West, Yeah. I'm going to Nigeria in May So I'll be in I'll be in Nigeria And so anyway go ahead trying to tell your story I just saw him sitting back there So we
1: were drinking orange juice And we started talking about faith Yeah Okay I thought that he was cool I thought he was you know a great guy had great personality But when he started talking about faith I go okay now I like you Yeah <laughs> Now I know I like you yeah, I did. I really thought that was awesome. We started yeah. talking about the authority of believers. Yeah. praying the Ephesians prayers. Yeah, and so I got back to the dorm, and all the girls said, "You know, girls, you know how girls are. How did how'd it go? Did you like him? What was it? Right?" And I said, "I loved it."
2: The boys didn't do that. Was
1: it? no boys didn't do that. I said, all we talked about was faith. The boys and just they said, said, did you
2: get a kiss? Did you get a kiss?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and um, I said, we talked about faith. They said, oh, yeah, that Mark Hagen. That's all Hagen. he talks about. They called him Mark Hagen.
2: <laughs> as an insult. Because
1: he was always passing out Kenneth Hagen books at college. And so that's how I first, first time. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I liked it.
2: Well, that's a long time a ago. Long time ago. 47 years ago, right?
1: 47.
2: Wow. Okay, well, I wasn't planning on getting to all that, but um, <laughs> there you have it. Something else that's really interesting tonight is uh, Pastor Terry Matthews' shirt. Stand up, Pastor Terry. Now, see that shirt? Kermit Shirt. And it matches the green on his shoes. You see what you have to look forward to when you get to be 75. (laughs) See that? That's when you don't care what nobody thinks about you. (laughs) Yeah, you're looking good, Terry. Thanks for singing for us. That was really good. Really good. Isn't he a great, 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 great preacher and teacher and singer? And Man, he is a blast. Well, I only have um, one of Brother Hagin's books that I got autographed, only one, after being around him since I was eight years old and started paying attention when I was 17. I never even thought about him autographing a book because we were just with him all the time. So kind of like one of the meetings, I thought, oh, he never has signed one of my books. So I got him to sign uh, one of his books called uh, "He, uh, He Gave Gifts about the apostles, prophets, and teachers in the church. And so uh, he said, I'm going to put my two favorite verses on there. So he just signed it, uh, Mark eleven twenty three twenty four. 24, Kenneth E. Hagen. He said, those are the two verses that changed my life. That's the way I always give my autograph. So he signed my book. So I have one book that's kind of worn out, and the cover's kind of falling off uh, of Brother Hagen, Dad Hagen, uh putting... His autograph, Mark eleven twenty three twenty four. 23, 24. So we're going to start with Mark eleven twenty two, and we'll go to Mark 11, 23, 24. And we're, are, we are instructed to teach on the subject of faith uh, tonight. And there's really nothing makes us any happier than talking about the subject of faith and how faith works. And still, I still feel like um, uh, uh, I'm still learning so much about faith. That it's just like I I keep going over the fundamentals again and again. Uh, They say the one, the NFL team that wins the Super Bowl is the one who's the best at the fundamentals. You know, you may have, you don't come up with a lot of trick sermons, trick plays, you know, sneaky somewhere under a rock revelation. No, this is like right in your face. Amen. Just fundamental truth okay. about faith and how faith works. So Mark eleven twenty two, 22, uh, Jesus answered, said to them, have faith in God, have faith in God. So um, I like just Jesus, just telling them, have faith in God, have faith in God. So if Jesus was here today, what do you think he'd tell you? Have faith in God. Have faith in God. So you can end a lot of conversations just with that one sentence right there. You know, people talk about this and that and something else, and you just go, have faith in God. Now my dad said uh, when I left home, he said, There is a God and I'm not him. That just basically meant he was not going to be sending me no money. <laughs> I mean you better learn to trust God because you better get a job and you better learn to believe God. And so there is a God and I'm not him. And so there's a lot of times people Uh, set their expectation on people instead of God. Amen. So that really comes from Psalm 62. Psalm 62 where the psalmist David said, my soul wait thou only upon God for my expectation is upon him. My expectation. In other words, your faith would be your expectation. He says, and keep your expectation on God. So there's something about faith that will not work, function properly if your expectation is kind of like one eye on God and one eye on somebody else. So you have to isolate your expectation only upon God. Seems like God knows when you're doing that. Because that's when your faith begins to function, right? My soul wait thou only upon God for my expectation is upon him. He alone, the scripture goes on, he alone. Everybody say he alone. He and then, so you're looking to God as the source and looking to God as your strength and not looking to people because you'll you'll definitely be disappointed and offended if you're just looking to people. But if you keep your expectation only upon God, so Jesus answered, said, have faith in God. So other translations say have the faith of God. Literally means that I actually was preaching in Athens, Greece and tried to explain to them what it said in the Greek. (laughs) They said, yes, we know we have Greek Bible. That's what it says. It actually says have the faith of God or have the God kind of faith. So Jesus says have the God kind of faith or have the faith of God. Wow, that's pretty amazing, isn't it? Or this is how faith in God works, right? But still, one of my favorite translations says, lay hold on God's faithfulness. That's one of my favorite translations. And one of the greatest pictures of that comes from the story by Lillian B. Yeomans, which is a story called The Praise Cure. Y'all know that story. You heard somebody preach it. a lot of preachers have preached on Lillian B. Yeomans' sermon called The Praise Cure. And we got that from her book, and there's four little books. Used to be by Lillian B. Yeoman. She is a medical doctor, and her testimony of how she was healed. But she has a very simple little books on faith and healing. But one of her sermons is on the praise cure, and she tells the story. You can look it up now. They now they have one book. I think you can get it on Amazon. But Lillian B. Yeoman's sermons, and it's, and it's all four of those books in one. And so you would find that sermon in there called the praise cure. Where she talked about a sister missionary that was helping people that had uh, had gotten uh, what they get smallpox. the smallpox. smallpox. yeah, they had all gotten smallpox. and she had not been vaccinated, but she was trying to help those who had gotten the smallpox, and it was very contagious. And she was helping them, and she ended up uh, st- she well they said she was standing on Psalms 91 which, you know, no plague will come near your dwelling. She So she's standing on the actual promise in the scripture. And then she ended up getting the smallpox. She went to the doctor, and the doctor said, you have it It's a very, very terrible case. And so they really didn't even know if she was even going to live in the smallpox all over her body. And so she just asked the Lord. She said, Lord, what, what should I do? I was standing on Psalm 91 serving people that had the smallpox and it broke out on me. How many of you ever been standing on a verse and got just the opposite of the verse you're standing on? Oh, We've got three honest people here. you got just the opposite results. I mean, you're like, well, I was standing on that verse, and she was, Psalm 91, but smallpoxes. So she asked the Lord, what should I do? And the Lord simply said to her, praise me for my faithfulness to my word. Right, So she just started praising the Lord for his what? Faithfulness to his word. And so she just said she uh, kept the place range. She's praising God. So the Lord had showed her a vision of two baskets, two baskets. Y'all remember this story? So she, she had seen a vision of two baskets. One of them was the smallpox, which was her problem basket. And it was full. And the other one was her praise basket and it was empty. And so the smallpox basket was heavy because it was full. And so praise baskets up here and there, the Lord said, when you fill up the praise basket, it will lift the smallpox off of you. So, that's her goal. So, so she just kept praising God for his faithfulness, his word. So, she praised him and thanked him and rejoiced in her praising, her singing, her shouting. The doctors told her, be quiet. Your situation is so terrible, you know, that you could die. And yet, they couldn't stop her from doing it. And so, the other nurses that were Christians kind of started joining in and they're all singing and praising and singing and praising and praising and singing and thanking God. What are they? thanking God for? His faithfulness to his word. So they asked her, they said, why do you praise so much? She said, because I have so many pox. Yeah. 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 Are y'all still here? Let's say, if you got so many problems, she said, I need to thank God for his faithfulness to his word for every single one. And so she just kept praising God and thanking God until she said, uh, she saw the praise basket actually fill up and lift the smallpox basket up. And she said, when that happened, every one of the smallpox on her body disappeared and did not even leave a single scar, not one trace that they had ever been there on her body. So she called it the praise cure. She said, it doesn't cost anything. It's not expensive, so, and, and, it's, and the treatment is not terrible. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, because sometimes you get some disease, and the treatment for the disease is worse than the disease. Yeah. <laughs> but in this case, she just kept praising praising until the praise basket got filled. So there's something about faith and something about God's faithfulness. That when you think you're struggling with faith, just start thanking God for his faithfulness to his word. And you start, while you're praising him for his faithfulness. In other words, you may have a promise, but you take that promise and you just start working it and thanking God for his faithfulness to his promise. That his word is true. His word is working. Come on now. His word cannot fail. Amen. He cannot fail. So no matter what it looks like, you just keep thanking God for his faithfulness. Faithfulness to his word. In other words, you have what? Faith in God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's pretty simple instruction, isn't it? Yes. Amen. No matter what your faith or what your challenge is, he said, have faith in God. God. Amen. Amen. Now, Smith Wigglesworth in his little book, Ever Increasing Faith. So I'm really giving you some of the classic books, I mean, that we've been reading for like 50 years and still read. Little B. Yeoman's Phenomenal, four little books and so simple that, but yet it inspires you so much just to read her little sermons. It's just amazing. And then uh, Smith Wigglesworth, in his book, Ever Increasing Faith, then there's a few little nice little quotes in there, and one of my favorite ones. From Smith Wigglesworth is any, any man, or we used to say any person, can be changed by faith no matter how they may be fettered. So he used the old English word fettered. Fettered just means bound. Any person can be changed by faith no matter how they may be bound. Try it again. The devil cannot make a bondage that your faith cannot break off of you. Amen. Amen. Or you could say, in the light of Mark 11 23, there are no immovable mountains. Amen. If it's there, it'll have to move. In other words, your faith is in God. So add this into your understanding. Really, my understanding of faith is never remove God from your faith formula. Amen. Are you all still with me here? In other words, you're not just trying to have faith. Yeah. Be sure your faith is isolated and expectation is on God. Because he is a faithful God. He's the almighty God. Amen. So in that facet of Mark eleven twenty two, to have faith in God, uh, what is it? Uh, Matthew uh, 9, 28, 29, where Jesus said, was it to the blind man? He said, do you believe I'm able to do this? Right, this is I've got it written down here somewhere. Matthew nine twenty eight twenty nine. Jesus said, "Do you believe I'm able to do this?" And he said, "Yes, Lord, I believe you're you're able to do it." And then Jesus just touched him, and he was healed. But isn't that interesting? He said, "According to your faith, so be it unto you." Yeah. He said, "According to your what?" Yes. But what was his faith based on? Well, in that point, Jesus just asked him, "Do you believe?" I'm able to do this. He said, yes, Lord. Jesus said what? According to your faith. faith." So you see, his faith was in God's ability. Come on, not in man's ability, not in his ability. His faith was in who? God. So you could say his faith was in the power of God. All right, let's try this side over here. Amen. So, really, if to have faith, then your faith must be focused on what? Knowing God, the power of God, the love of God, the faithfulness of God. Amen. Do you believe I'm able to do this? So, uh, years ago, just from my memory and from my recollection of the Bible or Scriptures, then I just wrote these verses down. I'm going to give them to you real quickly. I just wrote them down. And I just wrote down all the scriptures that I could think of right then that if I'm going to have faith in God, then I just wrote down all the scriptures where Jesus said, according to your faith, you're going to get that kind of results. And I wrote down all the scriptures that say, do you believe I'm able to do this? Or I wrote down the scriptures that said, he is able So I know a lot of times people say faith begins where the will of God is known, but also faith must include you believe in the power of God. Yes. Yes. That's what Matthew 9, and 29 said, right? So I wrote these verses down. You want to write them down? So let's, these are just ones I could, I could recall. So maybe you might come up with some other ones, but these are the ones I've thought about. And one of them is second Timothy chapter one, verse 12. So I've got them on this card. I can send you a bunch of cards if you want. The second Timothy one verse 12. And he says, uh, Paul said, I suffer these things. He says, "Um, and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that, which I've committed unto him against that day. So this is one of those, what he is able to keep. He has the ability to keep that, which I committed to him against what that day. What is that day? Well, I think it's, Martin Luther said, there's really only two important days in your life and it's this day and that day. What you're going to do this day and that day is when you stand before Jesus. And there's some things you'll have to commit until that day. Cause you ain't going to figure out this day, but once you committed it to him till that day, then you don't have to worry about it this day. He's able to keep what I committed to him against that date. All right, write down Hebrews uh, 7.25. Hebrews 7.25. Because our faith is in who? God. He is able. Do you believe he's able to do this? All right. Well, he says he's able to keep what I commit to him. Look at Hebrews 7.25. He is able also to save them to the uttermost that come to God by him, seeing he ever lives to make intercession for them. Now, this is talking about the present-day ministry of Jesus. We always talk about, you know, just what what Jesus did from the cross to the throne. But Jesus right now at the right hand of God, he's not just retired up there. His present-day ministry, he is able to save, deliver, heal you to the uttermost. When you come to God by him, seeing what? He ever lives to make intercession for you. Wow. Praise God. That's right. All right, let's try that again. He ever lives yes. to make intercession for me. Come on, say, he ever lives to make intercession for me. So he is able to do what? Save you to the uttermost. Yes. Completely. Yes. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, you ain't just going to go halfway and quit. You're going all the way. All right. Hebrews 2.18. Write that one down. It says that uh, he himself, Hebrews 2.18. It says he himself, talking about Jesus, suffered being tempted. He is able, and he uses the word here, succor, them that are tempted. And that word, uh, succor, means to comfort are to assist when you're going through a trial. Actually, the Amplified Bible says he runs to the cry of to assist you when you're under pressure, being tempted. And because he was tempted in all points like you are, he is able to assist you and help you in the middle of that situation. Come on, he ain't dead. He's alive. He still runs to help you in the middle of your temptation. No matter what kind of temptation, pressure or trial you might be going through, yeah. he was tempted in all points, <clears throat> just like we are, and he's able to do what? Help, assist, relieve you when you're under pressure. Amen. Yeah, I mean, I believe he's able to do that. All right, go to Romans 4:21, Romans 4:21, and being fully persuaded that what God had promised he is able also to perform. So if your faith is in God, you believe that you are what? The believer and he's the performer. So that means you don't have to perform it. You just got to believe it. Amen. It's kind of like our friend Jesse Duplantis, you know, when he said he first started preaching, you know, he'd go out and preach and uh, he had an old old Toyota. And he said he really didn't even get enough money to fill up his Toyota out preaching. So we, we knew him in his early days and he's out there preaching He didn't getting enough money to fill up his Toyota. And he said, he was putting gas in his Toyota and a jet, a jet flew right over his head. He said, he looked up there and you know, he, he's a broke preacher. And the Lord said, I want, I want you to have a jet. He said, I was like a jet. I can't even fill up my Toyota. He said, I can't afford it yet. And the Lord said, I didn't ask you to pay for it. I asked you to believe for it. Because if you can believe for it, I can pay for it. Amen. Come on. All right, let's try that one more time. Some things God wants to get to you, and you thinking you're the performer. No, you're not the performer. If you can believe for it, God can pay for it. If you can believe for it, God can perform it. In other words, it says that Abraham staggered not at the promise of God. In other words, the promise was so amazing. A lot of people just stagger at the promise. They're like No, but Abraham went through a process of persuasion until he was fully persuaded. What did he do? He gave glory to God, being fully persuaded of what God has promised. He is able to perform it. Are y'all still with me here? In other words, your faith is in God's ability, not in your ability. Praise the Lord. You ought to say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So never remove God from your faith. Your faith is in God. Well, you ought to get happy already. Say so my faith is in God. Amen. And so when, I, when we were younger, you know, my dad and my mom were pretty limited in their ability to financially do things for us. But if I ever wanted anything and I would tell my mom or my dad, they never would say, we, you can't have that they would always say, well, let's pray about it and let's ask the Lord. Amen. Right now I got the possibility because we're going to ask the Lord. Amen. 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 And so I can remember just as a, a young guy, 12 years old, I got a horse, you know, named Buddy and rode my horse around town, delivered grit newspapers. And so I was eleven, probably 10 or 11 and 12 and I wanted a quarter horse, you know. So I went and told my dad, uh, I want a horse. I want a quarter horse, you know. And um, my dad said, you can't have no horse. He said, uh, we don't have no place to put a horse. You can't have a horse. I said, dad, you said, whatever, ask the Lord that he would do it. And so I'm going to ask the Lord for one. He said, well, if the Lord gets it for you, you can have it. Well, sure enough, I end up getting a quarter, quarter horse riding around town. Amen. So the answer is always what? Well, that don't mean you can't have it. That just means they're limited, but God is unlimited, so I can ask God about it. Will you, do you mind if I ask God, get him involved? Amen. How many of y'all like to get God involved in whatever your situation is? Amen. Because if you can believe, let's try that one more time. Jesus said, if you can Mark 9, 23, if you can believe. What did the guy say? Lord, I believe. Then what did he say? Help. Help. Help Help what? Help my unbelief. We'll come back to that in just a second. All right. If you can believe, amen, all things are possible. Him that believes. So when you're living by faith, that just totally takes the limits off of your life. Nobody can put a lid on you and just say, you can't have that. You can't do that. You can't go there. You say, but I have faith in God. Amen. And I'm the believer and he's the performer. Y'all still with me here? All right. Go back here. Where was the four Romans 421? Go to second Corinthians nine, eight. Cause if you weren't here last night, we had a wonderful time talking about second Corinthians nine, eight last night. Second <clears throat> Corinthians nine, eight. You got that? What's it say? What are we talking about? I'm giving you nine or 10 scriptures that just say, God is able to do this. Yeah. He able. So we're not going to limit everything to our ability. Come on. What well, we can do. God is able and my faith is in God. So excuse me while I praise him and thank him for his promises. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> well, I just thank him. God is able to do that. Isn't that funny? Jesus just asked the guy, say, do you believe I'm able to do this? I wonder if God would ask you that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got you. I got you in pretty good scriptures here. Second Corinthians 9 8. And here he's talking about you being a tither, a sower, a giver. And he says, when you sow generously, reap generously. We covered that last night. And then he says, and God is able. Don't tell me. Come on, I was going to Bible college, you know, my senior year, and I've been driving an old, uh, older used car, and I started saying, we'll get to Mark 1123 in a second, but I started saying, by the time I graduate from this school, I'll drive a brand new Chevy Monte Carlo. I will drive and have personally a brand new car because I read where Jesus rode a new donkey that nobody rode before and I thought I'm tired of driving a car that everybody else behind has been in there I want to get a brand new car and I will have a new car I just kept saying it y'all sit with me what happened well before I graduated come on so Trina was dating me in the old car so I didn't have to worry about her being attracted to my car yeah. <laughs> She was with me in my old car, right? Be careful if you got a fancy something, this or that. You might attract the wrong thing. But I just had an old car, so. But when I graduated, I drove brand new Chevrolet, Monte Carlo, baby blue, Every, I, even the color and everything. I just told you exactly. I had exactly what I said. Amen. 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 Come on. And people say, well, you can't do this. You can't do this. Well, I didn't say I could do it, but God is able to make all grace abound toward (laughs) you. I mean, I believe God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Well, let's keep going here. That you always have all sufficiency and all things may abound to every good work. God must be planning on us doing real good. Who's able to do that for you? He said, God's able. That don't matter whether you live in Africa. Don't matter where you live. Come on. We preach the gospel all over the world. Now the nations of the world all the languages. And, but God is the same God, every nation, every language. And he is able to make all great. All right, you got that one. All right. Ephesians three twenty. 20 and everybody loves Ephesians three twenty, but. Really, you need to get 14 through 20, but we'll go to verse 20 for for, for the sake of this. Uh, what does it say here? Now to him that is what? Able. He's able to perform or he's able to do what? Exceeding, abundantly, above all we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Well, that keeps the possibilities open, doesn't it? You say, God is able to do exceeding. Come on, God wants to literally blow your mind where you say, Lord, I wasn't even asking for that and you went beyond what I could even think and what I could even ask for. Come on, God wants to wow you. He wants to surprise you where you just go, wow, that was more than I could ask or think. How come yeah. God's ability exceeds anything I can even imagine or dream? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. i go to another one. Here's another one. Y'all want some more? Yeah. So apparently this must be a significant point. Because these are just all the scriptures I could think of. There might be some more, but these are just ones I thought of right off the top of my head. Y'all know this one here? Now, Jude 24, unto him, it's only one chapter in Jude in case you're wondering. Jude 24, now, unto him, that is what? To keep you from? Alright, let's read it out loud together. Amen. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy.
0: Wow,
2: what a Wow. Come on, everybody say wow. wow. <laughs> what does that mean? That means you ain't gonna collapse. Come on, everybody's going to be surprised that you lasted this long. Because they know you, but God is able to keep you from falling. I said, God is able to keep you from falling and collapsing, come on, and falling into the traps of the enemy. God is able to keep you for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. Come on now. Great is his faithfulness. God is able to do that. Praise the Lord. Alright, go to Romans 14, four. Romans fourteen four. Can you find that one? Now this is talking about when you're dealing with some other people. Y'all don't know nothing about this, do you? Who art thou that judges another man's servant to his own master? He stands or falls, yea, and he shall be holding up. For God is able to make him stand. That means when you see other people going through problems and other people gossiping and talking about it, come on, you might be surprised in a year where God brings them out of and where he does in their life. So you better watch the way you're judging people when they're going through trouble. Come on, he says, it's not, you're not the judge. Come on. Even though they're going through a challenge, he says here, he shall be holding up because God's able to make him stand. Amen. 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 So it ain't your floppy mouth, you know, that's going to make him stand. It's God's able to make him stand. Are y'all still here? So when you see somebody going through trouble, you say, yeah, but I believe the Holy Ghost. I'm going to pray and I believe God's able to make him stand. It may look like they went down, it may look like they've fallen, but you know God's able to make them stand. How many believe God's able to straighten some things up in different people. Come on, make crooked things straight. Come on, whatever challenges they've been through, God is able to make him stand. But listen now, he's able to make your marriage stand. He's able to make your job stand and your business stand. Come on, God is able to make you stand. He's able to make it work for you. Hallelujah. Whatever business you're in, no matter what the economy is doing, you say, but God is able to make this business stand. Come on, this was built on God's ability, not just my ability. Your faith is where? In God. Woo! There is a God, and I'm not Him, and I'm not Him. So your expectation must be where on Him and Him alone. On God, yeah, Yeah. right. I've I've got a sermon on four kinds of expectation. I've got a sermon on four kinds of expectation. You know where I got it from. I ain't going to tell you because most other people don't tell you where they get theirs from. <laughs> they just steal the information and act like they came up with it. The Lord showed I'm just kidding. Yeah, they say the Lord told me this. No, actually I got this from Mac Hammond, but don't tell him I told you. we've been friends for a number of years, but we were preaching a meeting together. Now, I I got this sermon from Mac Hammond, but I had to work on it, you know, and perfect it, you know, and try to get it where it was actually usable. So, (laughs) I'm just kidding. I like to say that because he's going to be at our leadership conference, so I'll pick on him. So, uh, we like to pick on each other, actually. So, uh, four kinds of expectation. Four kinds. So, if you're going to live by faith, you have to have. Expectation, something good, you know, expecting God's promises to come to pass your life. So the first kind would be negative expectation. That's kind of a fear-based thing that you kind of constantly, if bad stuff is happening, you kind of get to where you develop a negative expectation. The problem with the negative expectation is it tends to attract that. So you have to be careful because if you have several bad things going on in your life and you go, well, that's just the way it always happens to me that way that thing's going to happen that way I don't know why it happened to me. Yeah, I don't know why people don't like me. See, and you say stuff like that you develop a negative expectation and people meet you and they say, you know, I just don't like them. I'm not sure why. But anyway, <laughs> so you develop a negative <laughs> So you have to be careful about negative expectation. It will attract. Uh-huh. Y'all, y'all heard my story about the about the uh preacher I went hunting with and he did the coyote call. Yes. Y'all heard my story this was years ago. I was preaching in Arizona, and so I love hunting and guns and stuff like that. So this pastor lived in Arizona, well he would go out coyote hunting, and he actually had one contest calling coyotes. He won contest, and so he uh, uh, would put this little doodad in his mouth, and then he'd make a wounded rabbit sound, and that's how you would call a coyote. Well, I didn't know none of this, so I got up early in the morning to go out hunting with him. And you, he said, coyotes are really, you know. They can really see you and you got to be real careful camo. So we put camo on everything from top of head to your feet, camo, uh, everything. I mean, you got a net, you got a hat, you got glasses, you got a net over the face, you got camo paint on and you got it on your hands, your gloves and your gun, your holster and everything, your camo shotgun. I looked in the mirror. I couldn't even see myself. So <laughs> I tried to pray and the Lord said, where are you? So. <laughs> I had to camo, all of them. <laughs> this is like, what, 4.30 in the morning. We got to go way out in the desert, you know. So we went out, and we got in a bush, you know, and put a net around us. And the sun's starting to come up, you know, and we're in that bush. And so we got 12 gauges, and we got pistols. We got everything. Well, I've never been coyote hunting, so I don't really even know what to expect. So we're, we're down in this bush. And he says, the coyotes are really fast and they'll sneak in here because they're coming after a wounded rabbit for breakfast. He said, so they'll be in here fast. So you better be ready. I said, I'm ready. I said, if a coyote comes in this bush, there's going to be some shoot. So I encourage you to get down because they ain't going to find me dead and say he never got a shot. No, I'm going to get a shot. So I'm ready, tense, and he starts calling the coyote. You know how you do it? Make a wounded rabbit sound. Well, I didn't know what a wounded rabbit sounded like, but well, he apparently had practice. He won contests. I thought, he has a little too much time on his hand. What kind of a church is this? <laughs> he won contests. He showed me like his, uh, his little uh, plaque or something. He won a plaque or something. So he said, I won a contest. So he put this doodad in his mouth, you know, and he, he puts his mouth and he goes, well I didn't know what to expect I never been coyote hunting so I'm listening to this guy make it a wounded rabbit sound so I just start laughing I think that's 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 hilarious you know I mean you see a grown man and they are going. So after you do that, then he uh, got him a little cassette player and had a cassette playing Wounded Rabbit. So actually, you can Google Wounded Rabbit, and they'll show, they'll bring up the sound for you. So I'm sitting there, you know, sun's starting to come up, and we're looking for the coyotes. Never did see a coyote. Sit there for hours. And I said, Lord, I have wasted four hours sitting in this stupid bush with this paint all over me. With this idiot next to me going, (laughs) I just want to shoot something. Might shoot him if he don't shut up. So I never saw a coyote. And so I'm sitting there and I just kind of start praying the Holy Ghost said, Lord, you know, this is ridiculous. And he said to me, here's what he said to me. He said, when you whine and complain, when you whine and complain about what's going on and how you've been mistreated and how things ain't working out for you, he said, it sends out a wounded rabbit call in the realm of the spirit. And the demons hear that sound, and they come in to kill that rabbit. So, the more you complain, the more it attracts devils and demons and evil spirits, the more you whine and complain. He said, but there is another sound that if you'll lift up your voice in praising and magnifying the Lord, a sound of faith, it will attract angels and deliverance and salvation. So you have to be careful for negative expectation, because that whine will attract trouble. Y'all still here? Come on, there's another wounded rabbit. Come on. Whining about what happened to them and how people didn't do them right. No, you better just go to the blood of Jesus and start thanking God for his redeeming power. Amen. Amen. So negative expectation. What's the second kind of expectation would be a neutral expectation, neutral What neutral expectation is based on what? Well, if you've ever been disappointed, then people always say, don't get your hopes up. Mm -hmm. Well, if you want to live by faith, you got to have your hopes up. But if people have been disappointed, then they'll say, well, don't get your hopes up. And they'll even tell you not to. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're cruel if you get, give people hope. Yeah. There is no, well, maybe not in the world of man, but in the realm of God. Yeah. Right? And so they'll even get mad at you if you do give people hope. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, faith has to have something to give substance to. So, a lot of times people just have a neutral expectation. That means they're not really expecting anything great. They're not really expecting anything bad. They're just basically uh, living on, I call it, uh, a turnip theology. <laughs> you know what a turnip is? That means I'm just going to live and I'm just going to see what's going to turn up. So, they're basically just counting their hamburgers until they die. You know, they're just kind of living by whatever turns right. up. Right. We'll deal with it when it happens. They don't feel like they have any control whatsoever. So they developed neutral expectation. Third kind of expectation is called misguided expectation. And this happens to a lot of us misguided. And that's what happened when Naaman, who had leprosy, went to the prophet. Right? Y'all know the story? He went to the prophet and he thought what? He thought the prophet's going to wave his hand over him and the leprosy is going to leave him. But what happened? The prophet wouldn't even come out and talk to him. Yeah, that's right. God. Come on. Yeah. Elisha wouldn't even come out and talk to him. Yeah. He just stayed in the back. What'd he do? He sent him a message. Yeah. Go tell him to dip in the muddy Jordan River seven times. I'll talk to him later. Yeah. <laughs> well, Naaman is a powerful general in the army. He thought... Well, I ought to be able to have you know a special time and a handshake and a special seat and all that stuff. Well, a lot of people get uh, misguided expectations. They get offended. So what happened? Well, he got mad. Well, he's gonna go home. I ain't gonna do that. That's ridiculous. There's plenty of other rivers I could dip in. why don't you get this muddy one? Right? I thought he's gonna wave his hand over me. Come on. But on the way, he had a servant that said what? If he would have asked you to do something difficult, you would have done it. All he said is dip in the muddy river seven times. So he finally pulled his wagon over and went down once, twice, three times, no, it's a fourth (laughs) Five, six, seven, and he came up perfectly healed. Can you explain that miracle? You cannot explain it. You cannot explain it. The Lord told me one time, he said, just because you know how faith works does not mean you know how I'm going to do your miracle. You understand? Because I started studying faith, and I'm like, well, this is amazing, you know, whosoever, whatsoever, whatever you desire. So I started like trying to figure out, you know, how he's going to do it. But I said, don't try to do that. That's in the God department. Come on, I'm just a believer. He's the performer. Just let him be God. So just because you know how faith works, because you can study faith, you know, the laws of faith, you know, the steps of faith. But just because you know how faith works don't mean you can figure God out. If you could figure God out, we would all be disappointed. Because we know how smart you are. And that's going to limit us throughout eternity. So, but God's ways are past finding out. His wisdom. So, you ain't going to figure him out. Amen. He'll do what his word says he'll do. But you don't know how he's going to do it. He can come through the ceiling. He can come through the wall. He can come through the door. Come on. He can make a new thing. He never even did it that way before. Come on, he can custom make a miracle just for you. Hallelujah. Well, I think you ought to laugh about that. I said he can custom make a miracle just just for you. Just let him be God. He's the almighty God. Come on, when you get in his presence, you just go, wow, he's God. Yes, you, you don't walk up there and say, oh, I figured him out. No, you ain't go there you figured him out. You're fall on your face and say he's the almighty God. Amen. Amen? Have faith in what? Oh. This God. Yes. The Almighty God. Yes. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise so, what's, which one are we on? Okay. Misguided. So, he almost missed his miracle, didn't he? Yes. Why? His expectation was what? Yeah. Misguided. Misguided. So misguided expectation will have you uh, offended. Yeah. You'll be offended many times yeah. because your expectation is not only on God. Right. So his expectation was on uh, Elisha. Yeah. We heard he does it this way. Mm-hmm. Well, not for you. You dip yeah. seven times. You know why he had to dip seven times? of pride simple as that, his arrogance just simple pride that's one reason he's offended you never get offended by being humble it's I deserve more than this and I ought to have this and I ought to get more attention than this and I ought to well the Bible says God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble So you you might have a problem with the devil, but you've got a big problem if God resists you. That's true. Yeah. So the name of the problem is what? Just old-fashioned arrogance yes. and pride. Yeah. Boom. And you may boss a lot of people around, but you ain't going to boss God around.
0: That's
2: true. Amen. Cowboy. <laughs> you understand, if you're going to receive from God... You receive his way. All right. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Come on. on. I love what Lillian B. Yaman said. God's not only going to do what he says. He's going to do it exactly as he says. You understand that? God's not only going to do what he says, but he's going to do it the way he said he's going to do it. And so you got to let him do it his way. Praise the Lord. So, what was that one? Misguided expectation. So, this is all all real simple, isn't it? Faith is very simple. You know why you know it's simple? Because Jesus said anybody could do it. (coughs) I said, Jesus said anybody could do it. I don't know about you, but I met some pretty stupid people. (laughs) Have y'all met some stupid people? You're like, wow, what a dummy you are. (laughs) Have y'all ever met anybody that's Stupid. Don't act like you're like. What's going on here? Was what, that John Wayne thing? He says, "Life is tough, is it tougher if you're stupid or something like that." Anyway, so so that's why Proverbs says, "You better ask for wisdom, you idiot." Amen. Similar. That's my translation. Because you either got a simple person, a fool. Or a wise person. It's only three kinds. Yeah. Yeah. A simple is just somebody's ignorant. Yeah. A fool is somebody that won't receive instruction. Yeah. Yeah. A wise person is somebody that receives instruction. Yeah. Yeah. And God's very willing to give instruction. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all still here? Yeah. Oh, that's good. And so faith has to be simple because Jesus said, anybody can do this. So that gives everybody a shot, right? Amen. Don't look around right now, but I'm telling you, everybody got a shot at this. <coughs> it might be surprising who comes in and gets the miracle. Yes. I said, you might be surprised who gets the miracle and who gets the blessing. And Come on, might be surprised. And you say, I didn't know anybody like that could get it. Yeah, Jesus said anybody could do this. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So how hard could it be if anybody could do it? Can't be that hard. So what's the last kind of expectation? Last kind is what? Positive expectation. So who had this example? Woman with issue of blood, Mark chapter 5. Positive expectation. She heard. She said. She started moving, she received, and she told it. One woman's testimony changed a million people's lives. Just one woman's miracle. And Jesus said, daughter, what? Your faith made you whole. So dad Hagen said, the Lord told him, if her faith made her whole, your faith will make you whole. Isn't that easy right there? Yeah. So he said, actually, Jesus gave him the sermon. I mean, it's pretty funny, really. He's in his visions of Jesus, you know. He says, uh, Lord, uh, I preach about the woman with the blood. He said, I've got uh, two different sermons I preach about that woman. And he said, but every time I preach those two sermons, it seems like I'm missing something. And Jesus said, well, you are missing something. He said, well, can you tell me? He said, yeah. He said, "Uh, get your piece of paper and write this down. One, two, three, four. Let's all practice that together. One, two, three, four. (laughs) Jesus said, if you'll notice, all of my teachings were simple. He said, if you hear anybody preaching anything complicated, you know they didn't get it from me. That's what Jesus told him. He said, all my messages are simple. Simple illustrations. He said, if you hear anybody preach anything complicated, you know they didn't get it from me. One, two, three, four. Then right at the top. We're going to write at the top. Y'all ready? This is Jesus giving him a sermon. You know, if Jesus gives you a sermon, it ought to last a while. Some of your sermons won't even make one preaching. You're like, throw that thing out. It ain't working. (laughs) That don't work. So, so Jesus said right at the top, if anybody anywhere will take these four steps or put these four principles in operation, they will always receive whatever they want or need from God. Amen. Not only healing, but anything else. Wow. wow. Say, wow. Write wow. wow. it at the top. Whatever, if anybody anywhere. So, Brother Hagan, he titled, Dad Hagan titled his sermon, How to Write Your Own Ticket with God. And that made people mad. They're like, you ain't tell what God wanted to do. No, Jesus said that. Yeah. And he got it right from woman, this your blood. So here's what he asked uh, dad Hagen. This is very really interesting. How many of y'all like to have a little teaching straight from Jesus? Yeah. 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 And Jesus said uh, to dad Hagan he says, uh, what's well, the first thing that this woman did? She heard. That's exactly what dad Hagen said is she heard. And Jesus said, Wrong. He said, that's not the first thing she did. That's what somebody else did. They told her and she heard. What's the first thing she did after she heard? She said. In other words, he got it wrong, just like most of you. What's the first thing she did after she heard? Because it's what you do after you hear about Jesus that will determine what you have from God. So he said, really, it was someone else that must have told her about how people were getting healed. And when she heard of Jesus, what do you think went through her mind? When she heard of Jesus. She must have thought the next 12 years ain't gonna be like the last 12 years. How many of y'all believe the Lord could make the next 12 years different than your than your last 12 years? Amen. She heard of oh, Jesus. Praise the Lord. So what's the first thing she did? Well, first thing she did after she heard the word, because a lot of people come to church hear the word. True. I said a lot of people come and hear the word. Yeah. Come on, she's the one that received her healing. There's no evidence anybody else in that crowd got anything. Right. She's the one. She said. She said. In other words, first thing she did—that's her faith talking i just touch him with his garment. I'll be here. Don't need an appointment. Don't need a hug. I don't know anybody to recognize me. Come on. You don't need to come over the house. I'm not going to make him fried chicken. I just need a touch. Imagine how frustrating it would be for the devil. Been trying to kill you for 12 years and one touch from Jesus changed the whole thing. She said she believed. Come on, that there's something in him, his anointing, the power that's in him, that all she needed was a touch. Boy, well, you ought to just tell somebody, all you need is a touch from Jesus. Come on, just one touch from the master. Touch. Amen. But she said, she said, she said, her faith talking. And actually the word she said, it was in the continuous sense. Yeah. That means she kept on saying, if you had a pastor, yeah. you would have heard a woman talking to herself. <laughs> she just kept talking. You know, your faith has to keep talking. Yes. Come on. Yes. I said, your faith needs to keep saying, keep talking. So she just kept saying, kept saying, and she got there and didn't have no appointment, no reservation. What she have to do then? Well, she's acting now because she's saying and she's moving. But what she have to do? She's acting. What she doing? She had to press through the crowd. And when she pressed through the crowd, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, she touched. And when she touched, what happened? She felt. That means the anointing, of the power of God's tangible. You can feel it. She felt it. And Jesus felt it go out of him. You understand? The anointing is tangible. It's like electricity, but there are laws that govern the operation of electricity. And she felt in her body. And it says Jesus turned about to see her that had done this thing. But one of my favorite translations, I think it's Ben Campbell Johnson, says that Jesus turned about and studied the faces in the crowd to see who made contact with him. So apparently Jesus didn't know, but he felt anointing go out of him. And Jesus said, who touched my clothes? The disciples said, what? Lord, everybody's touching you. He said, no, 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 no. So he turned around, he went, he's looking at the faces. And when he saw her face, because when you make contact with Jesus, Woo, you're going to look different than before you made contact. When you make contact with Jesus, so when you make contact with him, just while the word's being taught any time, any day, any night. Yeah. And her face lit up like that. And she told him the whole story. So he wrote the four things down. Y'all ready for four things? She said it. She did it. She received it. And then she told it. Amen. That's a pretty simple sermon, isn't it? All right, go to Mark eleven twenty three. I got uh, seven more minutes before we break. Mark eleven twenty three. Are you ready? What's 22 say? Have faith in God. <clears throat> Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Where, where's faith coming from? Amen. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So you're going to have to hear from God. Hear the word of God. That woman heard about Jesus. That's where faith's coming from. Have faith in God, right? Then in verse 23, Jesus says what? Whosoever shall say, unto this mountain be removed, be because he shall not doubt in his heart, believe those things that he saith to come to pass, he'll have whatsoever he saith. Now, the first time I heard Dad Hagin teaching on this, I was 17, and I was like, really? I thought, if I could get this, wow. I don't really need to understand the whole Bible, but if I could get this one, It would be amazing. Some people try to understand too many things. I think they got too many things. Just get a couple of things and see see how faith works. Jesus said, whosoever shall say. Well, he had just spoken to the fig tree. What? Just spoken to the fig tree. And the disciples said, what? Master, that's pretty impressive. He spoke to the fig tree. That's pretty impressive. And Jesus said what? He said, have faith in God. Then he explained what he did was just faith in God. So he didn't say it was a deity thing that he did. He could have said that's... What only the Godhead does, it's a deity thing I learn in heaven, and God does it, and I do it, and none of y'all try it. You understand? I'm Jesus. You ain't. So don't try to be Jesus. You understand? I'm Jesus. You ain't. Stay in your place. But Jesus said, what I just did, anybody can do what I just did because what I just did is just have faith in God. Anybody could do that. Wow. I thought anybody could do that. He said, say to the mountain. I thought, so I went to Bible college, you know, for four years. And I was like, he said, say to the mountain. This is one verse we never covered in Bible college. (laughs) I had to bring it up. I had to bring it up in my class. I had to say, uh, has anybody heard Mark 11, 23, 24? Anybody heard of that? My professor, he didn't want to talk about Mark 23. He's like, uh, because you would call a hyper faith, hyper faith. We extreme faith. Well faith pretty extreme. I don't know how you can get like a regular faith. Have regular faith. No, I mean, there's amazing faith here, right? So when Jesus said, say to the mountain. I thought, why did he have to say mountain? We're already impressed with the tree, and then he has to throw a mountain in here. We're already having trouble in the theology class just with him, the tree. Now he says mountain, and this preacher's trying to figure out all the ways to try to explain away what the mountain means. Have you ever seen a mountain? A mountain is pretty much there. Yes. yes. I'm in your way. You cannot ignore it. And Jesus could have stuck with the tree, but he goes all the way to the mountain. I said, why'd you do that? The Lord said, just to blow their mind. (laughs) Say to the mountain, what's that mean? Anything that looks too big for you. Come on, anything that looks immovable, impossible, any situation that looks like it's always going to be that way, it's always going to be there. And Jesus said, you can change the scenery in your life through faith in God and what you say.
1: What you say. Amen. 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 Come on.
2: You can change the scenery. But he said, you say to the mountain. Be removed, be cast into the sea. Amen. I thought, why do you say that? Be removed, and cast into the sea. Well, the sea has the capacity to what? Receive the mountain. Yeah. Dissolve the mountain. Yeah. Which means the mountain ain't coming back. Yeah. So whatever situation, he said, you say to it to be removed and it's not going to come back. Wow. Then he said, there'll be no evidence you ever had that situation in your life. He said that because the whole scenery will be changed. You'll have to testify that you used to have that problem. All right, try that again. I said, you'll have to testify. Yeah, I had that problem one time, but that mountain was so far removed, I know it looks like I never had it. Come on, the woman with all the smallpox. They said, well, we don't look like you ever had no smallpox. She said, that thing disappeared on me. It was removed. Amen. Come on, we're talking about stuff disappearing, yes. not coming back, and no evidence it was ever there. No 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 Whoa, come on. I said, we're talking about stuff disappearing, yes. not coming back, and no evidence it was ever there Amen. Woo. Glory to God. Somebody ought to be happy about that I my faith in God. So, he says, have faith in God, whosoever. And then he says, shall have whatsoever. So, what did Wigglesworth say? Y'all ready for this? What did he say? He wasn't a highly educated man. He was a plumber. Raised 23 people from the dead. Come on. you still working on your first one. He raised 23 people from the dead. What did Wigglesworth say? He said, any person can be changed by faith, no matter how they may be fettered. You see where the enemy will attack your faith, because when you have faith in God, and you have an expectation that's on God, you release God's ability into your situation when you have faith in God. Let's try that again. I said, when your expectation is on God, you have faith in God, God is able to make you stand. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. My expectation is on God. You ought to laugh about that. I said, I have... Come on, that's why Paul said, everybody cheer up. I believe God. It shall be as he told me. Hallelujah. Everybody cheer up. I believe God. It shall be as he told me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, come on. You have to tell people around you. Y'all go ahead and cheer up because I believe God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Whosoever Lord. shall have what? Whatsoever. Yes. Shall have But he says, first of all, say. say. Again. Yes. Say. 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 Three times. Say. Believe. Only once. Yeah. So a picture of dad Hagen looks just like this. I call it my gang sign. It's like this. I go, so I get a picture with minister with all of his tattoos and all that stuff. And I go, It's like this, you know, get a little mug shot. What does that mean? I'm going to kick your butt. That's what that means. You know what that means? I have faith in God, and I say, 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 and I believe. Amen. 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 So, Dad Hagen said, the Lord pointed that out to him, Mark eleven twenty three. 23. The saying part three times. He never could see it. He never saw it. Amen. Amazing how many stuff we think we see and we don't know, We don't even know it. Yeah. Yeah. And Jesus had to point it out to him. He said, Lord, i read the New Testament through 150 times. I never saw that. Jesus said, notice it says, say three times. He had to open his Bible and count it. One, two, three. Believe once. The Lord said, you'll have to do three times more teaching on the saying part than you do on the believing part or people won't get it. He said, matter of fact, the saying part is so significant that you can school yourself into faith with your own words. Let's try that one more time. Come on, when there's fear or doubt and questions and circumstances, school yourself into faith with your own words. Amen. Amen. So when he says, have faith in God, specifically in the scriptures, faith in God, and we're told to have faith in the name of Jesus, Acts 3.16, faith in the blood of Jesus, Romans 3.25. Faith in the power of God in First Corinthians chapter 2. Faith in the power of God. Faith in the blood. Faith in the name. Faith in the word, Hebrews 4, 2. Mix faith with the word. So you've got five departments of faith in God. Faith in the word of God. Faith in the blood. Faith in the name. Faith in the power of God, which is faith in the Holy Ghost, basically. Amen? All right. Let's take a break. God bless you. Praise God. I wanted a pastor, Joey. Who can help me take a picture in a second? Just somebody back there. Who's got a You got a camera? Camry. All right. From up there. You might take a good from up there. I want pastor Joey to come up and take five minutes. If he goes over five minutes, boom, I'm pulling him out. Five minutes. And then you take a picture from right there and right here. Cause it's got like the most people in it. See, don't take over there the empty seats. You got like the most people in the picture, you know, capture the moment. It's your picture of pastor Joey. Cause pastor Joey pastored in post Texas. How many years? 20, 23 years in post Texas, which is a pretty small town. And now he is going to be traveling, preaching in a bunch of different places. And other other countries also. He's going to Bogota, Colombia in just a few weeks. And so I want Joy to come up here and give you a five-minute testimony. He's going to tell you everything he knows about walking in love. I Believe me, it'll only take five minutes. So he's going to come up and tell me. Again, no, he's going to come up and give a scripture or something. And I want you to take a good picture, and then we're going to. Post Joey preaching in a, a popka at the Ambassador School of Ministry, so that you will now be famous. Come on, though, Joey, go there.
0: Thank you, Pastor Mark, for putting me on the spot. Amen. So many verses. Where do I begin? Let's see. How about the all-time famous? It only takes. One minute and God can change your life. Amen. Praise God. No, you have to keep up with Pastor Mark or, you know, going to give you a hard time. Let's just go with the Brother Hagin verse, Mark eleven twenty-three, 23, the one he wrote, right? You know, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. If you believe in your heart and doubt not, Your mountain will be moved. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And so the first thing that woman did, as Pastor Mark explained to us, was not hearing. That's what someone else did. It's what she did after she heard that caused that thing that was so insurmountable in her life. The mountain is not Mount Fuji. It's not the Himalayas. Jesus put those exactly where he wanted those mountains. Now, I know those radicals are going to say he can move them out. I believe he can. And if they have to be moved, he'll get moved. But Jesus did not have Mount Fuji in mind. Amen. But the mountain, see, in John ten ten, Jesus said, the thief has come but for nothing but for to steal, kill, and destroy. And I am come that you might have life and that you might have that life more abundantly. Amen. And so this is what the mountain is. The mountain is anything that's standing between you and the abundant life that Jesus came to give you, amen? And your mouth can move that mountain, praise God, amen? Was that five minutes? Amen, praise God.
2: (laughs) Amen. Amen. Did you get a good picture? All right, all right. Did you get one like this? Pointing at the pastor, he's going, and, and the pastor's going, ah. people are so good nowadays with social media, you know, it makes you a little suspicious, but anyway, so, uh, praise the Lord, uh, Trent, are you, you want to say anything else? Cause I'm fixing to do the final session. I'm going to do the last session. You want to say anything else? Or are you happy? Well, she wants to say something. I've never seen a day that she did not want to say something. I must say, Mark eleven twenty three was not just written, written for women, but they do say 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 a lot.
1: <laughs> well, I like I love that message. It just got real fired up about it. Yes, ma'am. Um, Mark eleven twenty three, the three types of saying. Mm-hmm. One is to speak out. Mm. Another is say with authority. Hmm. And the last say is Lego. The Greek word is Lego. Hmm. So that is a systematic set discourse. Yeah. Words. You know, like you get a Lego box yeah. on the shelf and you see this picture of what you're getting. And then you take it home and you open it up and it's a bunch of pieces. You go, what happened? What no, you got to put it together, mm-hmm. and you got to go step by step according to the direct. Have you tried to do it without the directions? I mean, it's a mess. Um, but if you go by the directions, it's all going to be in place. And what you're doing is putting all those little pieces together. So when you take the word of God that He speaks to you, He sends His word to you. Take that word; it's personally sent to you. You take it, and you put it in your mouth. Mm-hmm. You meditate upon it, you look at it. Mark, uh, Proverbs 4 20. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear to my saying, let them not depart from before your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. So, with that whole process, you're involving your eyes, what you see, and focusing on that word that is sent to you, it's alive. When you look at it, it will come back to you. You'll, it'll start rising up off the page. It'll come into you. Um, and then you say it. When you say it, you can hear it. Your voice is the most important voice that will speak the word. So you speak that word. Amen. And you hear it. You say it. And it gets in your heart. And once that happens, you have the faith of God. Amen. Amen. And you take that authority. Mark 11, 22 says, "Have the God kind of faith." So to have something like that, it's a process. I'm taking it. I'm a, I'm letting it register. I am meditating on that word. It's not just something the preacher thinks or the church believes in or so and so's got to test. No, I have. I have come into. A relationship with the word through meditating on it. It's in my mind. It's in my mouth. It's in my ears. It's, come on, you know what I'm saying? It's part of it. You eat it. Right? That becomes a part of you. Praise the Lord. And that's scripture in Proverbs 4, 20, 21. Uh, for it, it, when you do all those things, it is life to those that find them and help to all your flesh and you know that scripture praise the Lord but this woman she said it said it said it and Mark says it it propelled her out of her house got her on the way on the road to a new destination you know when you say things over and over you start imagining them right you start seeing it you can see it you can see yourself in the picture Right? When I had asthma and I couldn't breathe, many nights I would just sit up and breathe, you know. (laughs) But praise God, I learned the scriptures on healing and I learned how to take that my authority as a believer. Speaking that, I would look at those scriptures, say the scriptures, imagine those scriptures. And the Holy Ghost said, Now imagine your little histamine settling down. And imagine your, all your system being regenerated. Yes. New. Yes. Your nerves, yes. new. Amen. Everything, new. So I sat there. I remember we were in Casa Grande, Arizona, in the motorhome. When the Lord said, imagine that. That was a long time ago. Long time ago. But it started changing my expectation from being negative to being neutral, from being neutral into being positive. Amen. Expectation. So that the, when I woke up one night with an asthma attack, then I was full of the Word. I was full of the Holy Ghost. That makes a big difference. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I heard the Holy Ghost say, that is a spirit of infirmity. You have authority. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. And that's what I did. So I said, you spirit of infirmity, asthma, get out of my body. And you know, that's something I maintain. Got to keep maintaining that. Don't let it come back in there. Come on. And from that point on, it just rose up. And praise God for the authority of the believer. And Mark eleven twenty three says that, you say, say, and what's the third one? Say, say. shout it, say. say, keep saying it. But then it says, "You shall uh, have whatsoever you say." Shall not doubt in your heart, but shall believe that those things which he say shall what come to pass. And Mark t- taught me this. Those words mean you're on a journey. It shall come to pass. Come on. You just left where you were and you're on a new destination. You're on the path. You're on the way. You're on the way. Praise God. So just like you watch a GPS system and you say, okay, I left here and I'm there. And this is step four. I'm going to go to step five here. I'm I'm on the way. I'm on the way. So what does that do? That keeps you encouraged. You're excited. You keep your eyes focused. So you keep on praising God. Hallelujah. Keep on testifying. Praise God, I'm on the way. I have received my healing. I, I know where I'm headed. Praise God. Amen. So I just want to encourage you. This is true. I just heard from a lady um, who's one of our partners. She was here the other day. And she said she ran into uh, this man, I don't know, in his in work environment some way. I found out he was Christian, born again, you know, and uh, started talking. Found out they like Brother Hagen, and uh, they he said, and you know what? My wife was just healed of stage four cancer. <laughs> Woo, wow! So she started, you know, being happy with him, and and she said, well, what happened? She said, well, I got this book uh, by a lady named Trina Hankins. <laughs> I said, oh, glory to God. <laughs> But she took the step. She took the word. She stayed in it. She did it. Praise God. She said it. She did it. <laughs> she laid hold on the power. Praise God. And now she's telling her testimony. Praise God. Hallelujah. So if that happened for her, it can happen for us too. Amen. Amen. Amen.
2: Amen. Uh, you know, actually, uh, that's a great, great, great teaching. I love to hear everybody else, uh, what they say about faith and how faith works and their experiences. Amen. All right, all right. All right, tell them tell, y'all sit down. Tell them your uh, testimony, how you got saved. Okay. <laughs> I love your testimony.
3: <laughs> my dad was a Seminary God preacher. I was raised in a pastor's home, and my, my brother went to Bible school, Right here in Florida, Lakeland, Florida. Graduated, and, uh, but I was kinda playing rock and roll music. And uh, when I went to college, I only could do a half a year in college because <clears throat> I started playing music on the circuit, making money, ended up in Chicago, playing music in the Palmer House Hotel. Uh, downtown Chicago in the in the go-go room. <laughs> Anybody know what the go-go room was? But uh, the Lord was dealing with me. My mama was praying for me. My daddy wanted to whoop me, but um, mama's prayers were having an effect. I'd got picked up on a drug charge in Kansas City in 1969. And while I was out of jail on bail, I helped a band booking agent move to LA. And we stopped in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And we stayed all night with his brother who happened to be a Baptist. And he wanted us to go to a prayer meeting (laughs) in Albuquerque. But I didn't want to go to no prayer meeting. I had bell-bottom jeans on and a leather vest and Long hair, and, but we went anyway, and I saw kids turned on to the Lord. So after I got back into Kansas and went before the judge, he dropped my charges from a felony to a misdemeanor, and he gave me one year in the county jail in Olathe, Kansas. <clears throat> and so I thought I, I didn't have a record. I thought I'd have to do at least a third of the time. You're supposed to do at least three months. But he had called my mother, the judge. I'd never been in this town. He called my mother and said, I'm going to put your boy in jail. He said, "Um, there's something about him. I think he needs to get away from the guys he's running with. And so uh, he put me in jail. And uh, my mama came to see me in jail. And they looked through the little window. And she only stayed about two minutes. Because the Lord spoke to her and said, I have brought Terry down, but I'm going to lift him back up. I didn't know any of this. I never heard it. She didn't tell me the story till after five years after I was saved. <clears throat> but God was working through her prayers on my case. So they let me out in 30 days. But... Um, during that time, you know, I was isolated. I got away from my buddies. I had a Bible there in the jail, and I began to read about Jesus. I said, okay, God, you're, you've been after me, so I'll, I'll make a deal. I'll read about Jesus. So I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and, and I fell in love with Jesus. And, and they, uh, they let me out of jail in 30 days. I smoked dope on the way home from jail. It looked like nothing had changed, but everything, everything had changed. And so uh, my wife now for 54 years, it'd be 54 years. We've been married in July. I picked her up uh, after I got out of jail and we went to Chicago. We lived together. She was a singer. I played a little keyboard and uh, it looked like that nothing was changing, but everything was changing. And I kept my commitment to Christ. I kept reading the Word. That's why I'm so excited about Bible school, you know, the Word. Kept reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I read where Jesus said, When you pray, get in the closet. I thought he meant the clothes closet. So I'd get in the clothes closet. And I'd take my Bible, I'd take a can of beer, and I'd take a joint. And I'd smoke the dope and drink the beer and read the Bible. But you know, man, something started happening. It was less dope, less booze, more Bible. Less dope, less booze, more Bible. And so on Saturday night before Easter Sunday, Angel was getting an offer from uh, Columbia Records to do a demo. And I was getting pulled toward God. So our relationship was real strong. We hope you
0: enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church.